0: I was surrounded by this incredibly talented group of women, but more importantly, I was surrounded by this group of women who made me feel like I belonged.
1: This is the Longest Stride Podcast. Join us as we connect the boroughs of the GTA running community, one stride at a time.
2: Hey, this is Jonathan, and I'm Dre, and this is the Longest Stride Podcast. Today we have a very, very, very special guest. Um, most of our guests are special, but we never had someone that's uh, so accomplished um, in a competitive space. Um, today on our podcast, um, I want to introduce um, the ultimate athlete. Uh, she's the, yeah, no, right? She's the ultimate athlete. I know we can't go back from this, right? So um, she's a Canadian competitive cyclist, duathlete, triathlete, and the ultimate frisbee player. Um, all of that, and most of all, a runner. This is why she's on the podcast. One of the reasons. Um, here's like a bit of her world stage accomplishments. So in 2013, it's called a Maccabee. Um, games in israel uh, for a half marathon she won gold in that and then she took a few other gold in 2017 in the same event uh, for the 800 1500 meters and the 5000 meter event Um, just so you know all that while she's a civil engineer just the icing on the cake and then the local stuff we've obviously have pan am games um, she won bronze, uh, when 2015, 1500 know, the pan and games and just. Any more accomplishments. And if we start rattling them off, it's, it will just be like, just stats. <laughs> so, uh, today we want to welcome Sasha. Golish.
0: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: So Sasha, what a treat. Oh my goodness. So I feel like this is going to be a two <laughs> part podcast. Let's talk about some of the things to do community and then a whole other podcast and your accomplishments. We, we do a teeny tiny bit of research before we have guests on because we like to sound like we know who you know kind of who we're talking to but Sasha my goodness your your accomplishments like you are definitely you're probably one of the most decorated Canadian athletes in in running which is absolutely fascinating thank you yeah and you're also what I love about kind of I don't know if it's a Canadian thing or just with some you know, professional athletes and, and elite runners, you have a full-time job, so you are actually Dr. Sasha Golish.
0: But as my mother would say, I'm a fake doctor, so if anything happens to you, <laughs> I can't save you. But if you need some wordsmithing,
1: I gotcha.
2: It's not medical doctor, but you're still a
1: <gasps> It's true. You went to a lot of school for that. You went to a lot of school. So- one of the, one of the things, Sasha, we we usually do, and uh, you know, I, I think people kind of predict this every time I listen to the podcast. Is talk about you know running careers and you know how running got started. And we did um, we did this with Lindsay. We do this with with other runners. Um, I was reading up a little bit on on you know kind of how you started, and um, you know I think a lot is is said about you know you started really running at at thirty, but. You kind of got started a little bit before that. Um, I think there was a story of running with uh, with your mom at like 12 for CIBC, right? I must have been
0: younger than that because my brother is 12 wow. years younger than oh. me. Um, and so she wasn't running when she was eight, seven months. Okay, sorry. My mother was running when she was seven months yeah. pregnant, but she was not running a 20-minute wow. 5K when she was <laughs> seven yeah. months pregnant. But yeah, that's... Uh, and, and-
1: yeah, that's my start. That's amazing, and she has you to thank for that. For that twenty you pushed her.
2: Oh, she still
0: talks about the worst. That that being the worst feeling she's ever had.
2: Just you know. Oh man. Oh my goodness. So
1: with that said, she wasn't like athletic runner stuff growing up. She
0: was, you know, it's it's. I think my mom would have been a really talented athlete. She had a father who didn't believe in sports, and so. She was allowed to compete in the local high school meets, but school always had to come first. And so she wasn't allowed to pursue her athletic abilities. So the other side of the story is my mom is like maybe five feet tall. Like she's a teeny tiny person, but she wanted to be a hurdler, which just doesn't work. And, you know, given can you, uh, I mean, it's probably very funny looking. Um, but anyways, she was a hurdler. Uh, she wasn't allowed to really compete uh i think she found distance running when she was older like we grew up as a really active family so i don't i don't actually know how my mom started long distance running again like we are the generation of the jane fonda videos jane fonda ran a lot right i
1: don't know Mm -hmm. that's a visual that's an awesome thank you for that that was great where do we go from there um Okay. So then, so then what was it like for you growing up? Did you, I, I, it looks like you did a little bit cross country, stuff like that. Um, um, ran in high school. What was it running like for you?
0: I mean, it was just, it was like part of my sports diet. It was one of the sports, you know, that you could do at school. Got and it. so cross country didn't exist the way we know it in the public school system when I was a kid. Yes. I'm going to turn 39 this year, but oh. Right, thirty-nine years young, going on seventeen. But when I I went to private school in grade five, um, I was a bit of a problem child. I basically looked at my grade four teacher and was like, "Spelling and reading are stupid. Math and science is the best. I refuse to do any of this." (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, poetry. What do I need this for? It's not going to buy my groceries. (laughs) So, oh my goodness. And and you know, and I, I, you know, I. I come from a privileged background and my parents were able to put me into a school where I was allowed to accelerate at math and and some science. I preferred math more than anything, but where someone could give me the structure to find the joy in writing and reading. By no means did anybody make me ever a poet, but it's, you know, thank goodness somebody did that because I'm a voracious reader now and I can't put books down and I don't know what my life would be without them. But that little school that I went to where I was one of four girls in the class had very limited sports, but cross country was one of them because they had a cross country course in their, um, it was a t- it's, I went to Crestwood and so Glendon is attached to it and there's a Glendon forest. And that's where I got my introduction to cross country, which was probably the same year that my mom got to break 20 minutes for the 5k chasing me down at the inaugural <laughs> CIBC run for the cure. Whew. I did all these other sports, right? Like I played floor hockey at school as a four foot six person. I played basketball and volleyball, like any sport I could get my hands on. As a family, we were Alpine skiers. I had to learn how to play tennis. I basically taught myself how to play golf by hitting acorns with a golf club at home because that's easy. And, you know, we were just, we'd play tag in, in the neighborhood. We had this ravine where there was like a bunch of private homes and we'd like, sneak through the fence and ride through the ravine on our bikes like I was just an active kid
2: yeah 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 and then even the, the fact that um so obviously your parents wanted to do all academic so if you did do something outside of that it was just like you're rebelling so I I think that's what motivated you to do a little bit more obviously you, you've had fun there too as well right
0: yeah I've so academically like both my parents are very intelligent. Um, my mom is definitely one of the smartest people I know, and they we had academic pressure. But uh, I kind of skated through high school without doing much work, <laughs> really? Um, and really didn't know what I wanted to do in university. Other than I didn't want to go to university, all I wanted to do was run. Now I have a PhD. Uh, that happened, but there it wasn't that there was academic pressure, but there was. Um, pressure to try hard. And so as long as you demonstrated that you were working hard and trying hard and really putting in an effort, like not a fake effort, that was rewarded. And for me, reward was like, let me go outside and play and watch 90210, because that was the show to watch
1: <laughs> back
2: then. That was the show,
1: naturally, right? naturally.
0: yeah. Not Melrose, yeah. 90210. Wednesdays at 8 p.m.
2: No oh, Melrose. <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs>
1: Trey, I think we're going to have a spin off podcast to this. So I know, about the right? Pit. Yeah. Um, so, Sasha, what was your favorite sport growing up? Oh, I wanted to be a World Cup alpine skier. Nobody told me that I do not have the body mm.
0: type, but I desperately wanted to be a World Cup alpine skier. Oh, what do you need the body type? Was? Uh, height? Weight. Um, oh, real. Like, I don't put muscle on like those girls. No, I'm like. I like to ski fast, but not that fast. Like, they're going at times 120 kilometers or 130 kilometers an hour. Like, okay, no. Oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: Wow. So, wow. Okay. So then, how long? So, did you ski up until a certain point and then you realize, okay, I can't, I'm not going to take this any further and just stop?
0: Um, yes and no. So, when I was in grade 13, because again, uh, old lady legs here, uh, Lindsay too did grade 13. So when she and I did OAC, uh, basically my parents made me this deal. So I had a driver's license at that point. Um, my brother was 12 years younger than me. So he would have been five years, he was six years old. Remember this now? And I, and my sister was a competitive Alpine skier. And it was like, you can race or you can coach and you don't have to go to school on Fridays. And we'll talk to you at the school. And I was like, I get to ski three days a week and they're going to pay me money to do it? and I get to go to the chalet and have parties, sign me up. So I quit ski racing when I was in OAC, and I started ski coaching. And I guess I sort of let the dream go then. But I was like, well, maybe I'll become an, a World Cup alpine ski coach. Um, and I I ski coached for almost 17 years after that, um, and really only quit the year before the Pan Am Games and miss it terribly. But – and I still – I didn't, I don't alpine ski nearly as much as I used to, but it's still a huge part of my life. And like last year, I went to Park City with my parents. Like my dad's 70, my mom turned 66 this year. Like those moments of ripping around on a mountain with them are limited, and I will take every single one that I can get.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're still going out, they're still out there skiing, right? Oh, God. My parents are still working full time. It's amazing. They're rock stars. Oh, my goodness. They're rock stars. It's amazing.
2: Everyone's just like all around athletic, no matter how uh, you put it. And interesting enough, your alpine skiing helped you in um, several of the other um, sports to be on the world stage like that.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, like David Epstein's book, Range, talks about specialization versus generalization. And alpine skiing really trains you to have a host of different muscle groups that you need to use. Like you can't be a good alpine skier without a strong core and you know a strong core really translates into running whether it's you know through your hip flexors and, and drive having strong glutes so that you're balanced when you're running um so that you get a strong push off and i you know Reed Coolsat too was an alpine skier like Madeline Kelly was an alpine skier I, there's a few of us that kind of did it um you know Ebba Coburn like world champion in uh steeplechase like she lives in Crested Butte yeah she was a soccer player but for sure alpine skied you know i just There's not this one path to get to where you want to be. And, you know, you could start out as a runner and maybe you end up on the World Cup soccer team or, you know, some other sport like uh, Nordic skiing, which I'm now obsessed with. You know, there's just, there's a host (laughs) of different things for people to do. You know, running's the nice one where it's like, oh, I, I need a pair of shoes and nothing else. And all of a sudden I'm part of this community that's fantastic.
2: But there's a trend there, it, you know, it's almost like you condition yourself, without even knowing, by doing skiing, uh, because there's no much, uh, there isn't any impact really, but you're doing the cardio and the movement and also doing that in the cold. I think it, it didn't condition you to then, uh, as you said, get a stronger core, your glutes are firing. And if you turn, uh, start taking up running, it, it it's that compliment.
0: Yeah, totally. And again, I think like, Pick any sport and, you know, you can tease yeah. it apart and make it a compliment. I just happen to be obsessed with going really fast down a hill.
1: But yeah. And Dre, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I've seen people like you go watch the Olympics and people like Lindsey Vaughn, like barreling down. And next thing you know, they hit a rut and they're like into the side of the netting and, oh, I
2: see it, and God
1: knows what happens to them. Right. So like, that's got to be somewhere in tear, Sasha on like your ligaments and stuff like that. I know it builds strength and stuff like that, but there's also that like, Doesn't it like wear you down, wear your legs down?
0: Maybe. I mean, I don't ski like that anymore by any means. And Mm. like, I'm pretty lazy when I put my downhill skis on. I'm definitely no Lindsey Vonn. But there's something freeing about being in the mountains and for sure letting gravity take over and losing yourself out there. And maybe for me too, it's that, you know, finding joy with my parents are definitely two of the most important people in my life, you know, like.
1: Yeah, I see it.
2: I totally mm, see it. It's like a pastime thing to do, anyhow, and you enjoy it. So that that's a a happy, happy marriage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: you nailed it, Dre. Yeah,
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) no, trying to get, no, really trying to get that big picture because I might have to pick up alpine skiing now, or maybe Uh, Nordic uh, skiing.
0: I'll teach you. I'm. I can't teach you how to Nordic ski. I'm not good enough. But alpine skiing, I'll take you out any day.
2: You got me down. Done. Okay. Okay. It's already done. Um, I snowboard, but not that well. But hey, I'm game. Deal.
0: Jonathan, you're going to be the social media director for that.
1: No, no. I'm taking pictures. You do not want to see me (laughs) skate. No, no. That's what I mean. You're the social media director
0: for when I teach Dre.
1: Perfect. I'm in. Please. Oh, my goodness. Hold on. I'm write this down. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. I knew there's a reason why we had you on this, (laughs) session. High high school. Uh, Ran in high school. Did a little... um, tracks and cross country, stuff like that started to feel like a little bit more competitive in high school or is it still kind of doing your thing?
0: I mean, I played six sports across every school year. So I played field hockey along with cross country in the fall. In the winter, I always was on the Nordic ski team. Uh, and I did swim team a couple times. I did ski team. I mean, that natural fit. Actually, I guess one winter I was on three teams cause I did Nordic downhill and swim, and then in the spring, I would play, uh, this is hilarious, I would play water polo often, uh, and track, there was no ultimate frisbee in high school, uh, again, old lady legs, Uh, I would have played that as a spring sport for sure, so I, like I always wanted to make offsa, and it was always a dream of mine to medal at offsa. and I I finished, you know, that bridesmaid's fourth spot many times, Um, I loved it, And finishing up grade 13, like I picked the University of Toronto because my coach was there and I didn't care what program I went into. Like I just wanted to run. So somewhere through high school, it got a little bit more competitive. By all means, I also was a typical high school student and had to be a little bit rebellious and a little bit like, I need a fake ID and go partying. Um, So that... For sure, impacted how competitive I was because I was like, I can't miss this party. I gotta go. I and I'll go to practice in the morning, but I gotta go to the party first.
1: Amazing. Uh, I knew we get along. Uh, (laughs) And then, uh, (laughs) and then. um, So, how was University of Toronto? Did you run track there?
0: I did, but it's where I fell out of love with the sport. Yeah, Yeah, and I, like, I probably just trained too hard, too quick. If I think about it. Um, thank goodness I was in school and had another outlet and another path. And so the, the back story, and I mentioned earlier, it must have been when my brother was six, when I uh, was driving up north. When I was in OAC, my brother broke his femur and my parents were away. And it was right around the time when you had to pick where you wanted to go to school and what you were doing. So all of those really formative, important guidance counselor appointments, where someone probably should have said to me oh, you took all the maths and sciences? Let me tell you about engineering. I missed. And so I just picked Uh... arts and science, commerce at U of T and maybe Western because I'm Jewish and that's where all the Jews were going. And I was like, well, my Jewish friends are going to Huron. I guess I apply there. So I didn't really go to school with any intent. And sort of around when I got injured, I learned all about engineering and realized that that was where I wanted to be. But I knew that U of T was too academically competitive for me to fit in. I was too much like my dad. And so I applied to the University of Western. And I knew it wasn't going to be the best fit for me running. But at that point in my life, I wanted running to take a back seat. It was always going to be like my think time and my space. But it was also sort of this defining moment of I am at some point going to have to have a profession and I think I want to be an engineer. And if I don't, it still opens an inordinate number of doors to a variety of careers.
1: For sure it does. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, wow. That's so right, you young women. To,
0: yeah. Everybody should go yeah. into engineering.
2: Exactly. Um, it's, not a, it's gender neutral. Uh, you shouldn't uh, steer away from not wanting to do the sports or the things. And, I, and I'm happy that that didn't stop you at all, and it's evident. With um, with all your accomplishments, and that right off the bat is as you said, you had uh, a family that was very supportive,
0: mm-hmm. incredibly supportive. And you know that transition from sort of second year in commerce at U of T to realizing I wanted to be in engineering and seeing that running, I wasn't defined as Sasha gaulish the runner, but that I'm Sasha gaulish and there's different things that come with that. So at the time, it was Sasha gaulish the commerce student and the runner. Um, the ski coach, uh, the, the sister, um, the daughter, you know, like instead of seeing myself only through this one lens and just being really supportive. And those are some challenging years, right? Like when you're, you know, early, like I was 20 at the time. And so like your hormones are all out of whack. Lauren Fleshman aptly says like young women go through this shit storm of hormones and it, you're like, why do I hate myself so much? Oh, yeah, he has this hormone monster in me. And if you can have the support to get through that, like my body changed. I hated how I looked like you gain weight. It sucks. It's part of being a woman. Someone saying that to me made all the difference. It's like, Oh, this is going to change. Great. I just have to be patient and stay active and find some other avenues in life to find joy. Okay. I can do this. Like, but not everybody has that gets to have that conversation. And I'm very thankful that I did.
2: Yeah. You saying it out loud, um, you know, Brings it to light that someone might have been going through that now, even if they're not as competitive or even are uh, they're actually in or on a team, it's just saying it in general. Because there have been some recent stuff uh, from Nike's end where they've had a scenario where an athlete that were, you know, she was missing her period and stuff like that. So there's been some light on that um, kind of scenario where uh, it's not the same. Uh, you know, body uh, so they should uh, manage that accordingly or, you know, just having someone um, that has gone through it just mention it at all because, you know, we kind of hush-hush about that type of stuff because, um, you know, just sort of just based on um, what's popular uh, out there, you now, people would not talk about it or it's uncomfortable to talk about, but I'm happy you're able to just, you know, share that with everyone and then anyone that's listening able to take uh, a little bit from that.
0: Well, and for you to talk about it too, right? Like it's, it's uncomfortable to talk about as a young woman or even, you know, as a woman in general to be like, you know, to talk about your periods, but you know, getting the message out to young women that missing your period is not okay ever that you, mm-hmm. you don't control your weight to lose your period. Cause you're actually not going to reach anywhere near your potential as an athlete at that moment in time or down the road. And you know, like. In a way, like, you know, everyone's like, Oh, it's so much harder being a girl. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so much easier. I know when I'm totally overtrained, I miss my period. Like, guys, how do you measure it? Right? Like, oh yeah. sorry, you don't have this monthly reminder to be like, ah, in fact I'm healthy.
1: Yeah. It's, fat, it's fascinating. And yeah. I, and I like that, you know, and there's so many topics that nowadays uh, where, Oh, it's, you know, it's an uncomfortable conversation. These are the conversations we need to keep having. Right. And yeah. uh, I, I love that, you know, whatever the topic may be, people are now starting to finally get more comfortable with having these uncomfortable conversations because like it, it's a whole world out there that, yep. you know, if you just open your mind to it, then you can really appreciate how we're all different and, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's it's really important. So I'm just so glad that you're 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 able to talk. I like, talk about it, and well, we're gonna we don't want to. We're not gonna jump too far ahead. We we have a <laughs> habit of jumping way. Like you know, we're, I'm already like you know. Tell me about you know, fast and female. But there's a lot <laughs> of things that that you know you're doing for for young women today, which is absolutely amazing. Thank you. Um, we're gonna get there, Sasha. Let's um let's kind of talk about the next ten years because after um University of Toronto you you took a little bit of a break and I think around thirty or so that's when things started uh, started picking up for you right as I far probably, as running goes
0: I don't even, I think I was like thirty two I don't even think it was thirty like I remember my thirtieth okay. birthday I was we I drank two bottles of wine it was a great night great restaurant <laughs> that's like it? there's oh, that's it right like one hundred ten pounds two bottles of wine that was a tough hangover real tough Please. day to go ski coaching the next day. Uh-huh. Um, no, it wasn't until I was 32. So um, one winter, just after a winter, uh, a boy broke my heart. And there were like two options. And it was like, I can go drink myself into oblivion every night to fall asleep, or I can exercise myself so hard that I sleep. And so, and I, cause I didn't, And I didn't want to take meds. Somehow alcohol was better than meds. Don't ask how I rationalized that. It went in my head, but (laughs) it doesn't matter because exercise won. And there hit this guy's best friend happened to be part of what was then a very small cycling club called the Morning Glory Cycling Club. And he was like, I bet you're not sleeping. I've got something you could do. And so I started riding seven days a week, basically with the Morning Glory Cycling Club. And so they met at 540 uh, Monday through Monday through Friday. And then at six a.m. on Saturday and Sunday, and I would get up and go do these rides. And it, you know, like you go out and, and it was a lot of like fairly competitive guys. Again, not that many girls. Did meet some, you know, fairly athletic, girl, like girls that could ride. Like you get fit pretty quickly. And you know, some days I'd leave the ride early and come home and go for a run, or some days I'd come home from work after riding and go for a run. And I mean, that's kind of around the time when I was into duathlon. But it was just a, it was a Honestly, it was a coping mechanism at the time.
2: And I mean, people are going through that right now. <laughs> yeah. Just the idea of, um, you know, finding an outlet, you know. Uh, obviously, you have uh, people that don't run or don't do the sports that would probably be like, hey, why are you doing this? And X, Y, Z. And especially not doing it in a, a competitive space, but uh, it's something to focus on. And as you said, you've found um, solace with someone from the Morning Glory uh, Cycle Club, which is a spinoff going on right now with them. Uh, right Psycho club love yeah, right? them it, it, nice. it's sm- love the connection i know it's yeah. just a small world right and and it makes sense uh you know you're, you're adding these things because not only that you run uh there's the triathlete stuff and i won't jump ahead because um uh, jonathan you have <laughs> like a, an yeah. actual um, um you know stuff about uh your running uh history he has
0: research questions to ask
2: me. I'm
1: the I'm the podcast police. This, you know, no, know he's discovering the flow. He's
2: discovering some of the yeah. actual bits of you know, I
1: I've, yeah, I mean, is, and yeah, I know we joke about it. It's because your your just your progression and how you how you kind of go through your journey and you know how others that we've spoken to go through the journey. It's fascinating because now you know. I don't know how many people think about this. Maybe I've I've done it once or twice where you think, oh, that person's good. They must have been running since they were four, right? right? It's not like that. It's not like that at all. I mean, there are individuals that get into running later in life. And, like, I started running when I was 40. So, like, um, there's different... Yeah, everyone's different and you, you know, you don't have to be doing it your entire life to be successful at something, which is um something I don't think we hear enough and mm-hmm. I think it deters people from try, tr- try trying new things. Hey, Puppers. Yeah, that's Harper. Um, For
0: sure there's a dog walking by right now. Harper's
1: oh, that's amazing. Like, Harper's like, "What's up?" <laughs> or Harper's like, well, "What about me? I got started just the other day."
0: <laughs> well, it's, what might be happening is I bet you Piper is outside at a bonfire, which is her little friend next door and Harper desperately wants to go out and play with Piper while they're out roasting marshmallows. She'll be fine. This is life for the puppy. She's downstairs crying. She'll be okay.
1: But, <laughs> she's like, I want to go outside. Oh okay. my God.
0: You may be able to hear her. Hopefully this
1: oh, doesn't. Can don't, you hear? don't even worry about it. Nope. Yeah, we can, right. but don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah, we're good.
0: But it's sort of this path and this, you know, the Mandam cycling club. So morning glory was always about getting more butts on bikes, but we've got this kind of like, dichotomy of more butts on bikes but we only really take intermediate to advanced riders and so like all of a sudden you have this gap man cycling comes along this year and they have the same ultimately i think they have the same goal to get more butts on bikes but they've gone about it in a different way where everybody is feels welcome and it's just magical and i think
3: mm-hmm.
0: that's been the part of pa- the pandemic that's been so cool where you've got people who are like wanting to learn how to ride or people who like you know what you know i look is it called soulful runs with equa equa yep Yep. where you know she's bringing this community together that may not have ever been together before as a running community and like i follow it religiously on instagram because it fills my heart wow
2: wow listen i had no idea you were aware of any of these (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you're that you dropping you're saying these things now and i'm like how but we it's public so it should be available but for someone that um that has accomplished as much as you have and have been where you are but just not even paying attention at all i'm very impressed and oh, i'm so surprised because right. these are names that you're calling that are people that are uh trying to you know um remove any any barriers when it comes yeah. to uh, what's yeah. what's accepted or what's uh, essential because ultimately this, you know, say mandem cycle stuff, as I said, it's accessible. So someone may not have the, the fast suit or, you know, the expensive bicycle. They just show up and ride. It's so yeah. successful just because of that. It, and with Soulful Runs now, that's another approach where it's not all fast you go or anything of the sort. And then she'll put, pose um, some questions that you, you rethink what you thought of you know uh just just uh, having something meditative to do while you're running um yeah. but yeah it, it, it's it's um you know they actually did it tonight at six thirty, and it's i can't believe you just mentioned that way yeah, it's a big deal big deal and i uh, know Equa personally yep
1: yeah trey i'm not i don't think i'm as surprised as you because i think this speaks to mm-hmm. sasha's character and it mm-hmm. speaks to the fact that um you know And I know she's still on the podcast talking to us. So it speaks (laughs) to the fact fact that tapped into the community, um, like takes, you know, you know, um, gets joy out of watching kind of other people succeed and helping other people and just seeing the goodness and kind of what's happening in a community. I think it comes through Sasha a lot in your blog posts and the things that you're, you write about and the way you, you kind of go about life. Um, it's, you know, that's why I'm not as surprised because as these things are kind of popping up in the, in the community, whether it be running or cycling, it's all for the betterment of people. And yes. I, I feel like that's kind of where you are, right? That's as that's a person, dope. that's kind of who you are. And so, sorry, I'm not surprised.
2: That's dope. That's so dope. No?
1: yeah. Um, but I'm just kidding. I'm also very surprised. That's awesome. <laughs> um, okay. So. So yeah, I mean, sorry to be prescriptive. So then like (laughs) immediately after you, um, on the, Dre is the, the visionary on the prescriptive one. But when, um, when you started running again, did you like, was it competitive at first or were you just kind of chill? Oh man,
0: that's a great question. I, you know what? Like, who am I kidding? I am a total type A personality. You put a bib on me and I want to crush every let's man go. woman kid dog no matter, yep. no matter. Yeah. I just want to win let's <laughs> yeah so let's I mean I was realistic about like where I was competitively at the time like you know especially coming off the bike like you have these legs that feel like tree trunks they don't run very well um but they come around like you're fit like you're you're cardiovascularly fit like you have to figure out sharpness right and it's the same thing when I go back to biking now I'm like well I'm cardio cardiovascularly fit but man I cannot propel this bike forward right now very well um so somewhere in there that's I a went back oh, it's a, oh right hello tree trunks moving forward so I go back to the U of T track club that's like at the time definitely wasn't full of as many elite athletes as it is now and So there's, you know, this development community happening. And, you know, we've got Gabriella Stafford in there and her little sister, Lou. And, like, at the time, like, Lou was faster than Gabriella. And Gabriella was coming along. And then Madeline Kelly was there. Um, Lizzie Whalen was coming back and forth from uh, Chapel Hill, NC State. You know, like, I was surrounded by this incredibly talented group of women. But more importantly, I was surrounded by this group of women who made me feel like I belonged. So Jillian McCabe, who's, you know, sort of like a sub-elite in the Toronto area, was involved with the Lululemon community and run community, and still is, I should say. Um, She's a wonderful runner. Her and Sarah Katz really made me feel like I belonged there, and it brought out this desire to want to come to practice more. So I would, you know, ride Morning Glory in the morning and then go to practice in the evening and in the middle of the day, go to my day job. It's fine. It's what you do, right?
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Not everyone. That's awesome. Not everyone. No, no, not everyone.
0: Like I for sure have an exercise addiction, but I, you know, manage it well. I had with food. I eat all the food all the time. Mm,
2: all the time. I love. It. I love it. <laughs> but now, and I think ultimately, why we we get into some of these nuances that aren't just like you know, you know, just rifling off your accomplishments and X Y Z and kind of talk at you is for you to share some of these tidbits because what we're trying to derive from it is. Uh, as um, an amateur runner or someone that's just starting to hear, how oh, someone at your level would actually uh, bring things together to know that it is a possible for them as well to, you know, compete later on, you know, or even just um, find that they didn't need to go to, um, you know, a certain type of school to become accomplished. It was more of like just that drive that you have. And as you said, you know, they, a type personality you just wanted to go, Um, and some people might be holding back now when they could just like put it out there. Um, but yeah, there's a way you stay current helps.
0: Maybe I think, I think what I've really learned, you know, critical thinking reflection is this sense of belonging. And if you look at all of, you know, I don't follow the men's running as much and I'm sure it's the same or maybe not. doesn't matter. But if you look at all of the top women in the world, they all have incredible running and training groups where they feel like they belong. So there's not in competition amongst each other. They all want to bring out the best in each other, but you also want to show up and do your best and run your hardest, not to beat your teammates, but to bring out the best in yourself. And also because you know, it brings out the best in them. And that's a very different way of training. And like, if you go step outside of the elite, if you feel like you're part of a group and you belong, you want to come to that workout, practice, run, meet up, whatever it may be, far more than if you feel like an outsider. And so helping people find that sense of belonging is, I think, what unites the entire running community.
1: Do you think, Sasha, that's because um, the state or the, the, the way women's, women are viewed in sports and women's Um, sports in general like I I saw something recently I don't remember where I saw this but they were talking about um, coverage TV coverage of marathons major marathons and how women are like shadow in comparison to the elite men coverage it's they pale in comparison to the airtime that the men get so do you think there's that camaraderie like when you talk about women uplifting women is that camaraderie knowing that Look, we're doing this together. We, you know, there's a bigger purpose here, right? It's about you know proving that you know we're equal, and you know we could do we we could be better than the men. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. For, well, listen, physiology. I don't think I'm ever going to be. I don't think women are ever going to be faster than men. Heart, lung, size, whatever. One of the challenges I think, like if you want to look at it from a holistic perspective, is if you have a mixed race going, where do you put the camera? And so, yes, women's sports the women's runners might get less coverage, but maybe it's so that they don't run over some male runner, right? Like yeah. you can't stick the, the car are, the in the
2: back. Yes. Right.
0: Like, Hey, yes. no, it's so, true. right. And, and it's maybe real, it's just a shift perspective. <laughs> yeah. Like mm-hmm. yeah, if you've got the right, if you've left. got the race going at the same time, if I was to look at the U S Olympic marathon trials where the men and women started differently and they really played to the men, um, I think you have a culture problem in the US, but I think you're talking about a very narrow space. I think in Europe, it's different. I think the coverage is different. I think if you like, we don't cover marathons in Canada because like most of the time it's snowing and nobody wants to watch. I think it's different. I think I, I don't know that I believe, I don't know the answer to men or women get more coverage. They did at the US Olympic trials. We know that there's a problem south of the border right now.
1: But but then, which race was more exciting? Because I remember I was where was I? I was in Mexico or somewhere. I don't remember where I was when the Olympic uh, marathons were coming out, and uh, alfini and and Molly, Molly Sadel. How exciting was that race? Molly all um, Alpine here. Go, right? Like <laughs> there right? Sakini, um, but they, like, how exciting! It was so exciting that right. race, and like. I don't know. Like sometimes the exciting races are not what you think they are. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it is about the logistics with the cars and stuff, but uh
2: oh, well, you know, who not in that race. Jonathan? Yeah. Not in that race. No, you know, who said it, Jonathan, it was uh Mr. Hawaii. Um, Chris, w- when we had was him, was he on. saying that? Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. That's, no, no, Oh, that's he's gonna he kill us because we no, just spoke to him. No, that's I, what he was talking about. You're yes. right. So he, when he is he's an assistant director to the Scotiabank Bank uh, Marathon that happened. Yeah, and he was talking about the fact that you know he's he's changing that part of it when he's getting yes. a, a film crew out there, just in that you know that it's not even the back, the rear pack, but make sure it's uh, equal equal right across the board. Uh, so right. he brought that up and then we were saying to him, "Hey, why don't um, we have some type of, um, you know, a- Academy Award for covering um, marathons. And then then they're able to create categories. And then these, you know, specialty or private companies that are recording these things would want to live up to a standard because there's some type of things to be gained. And I think they just get paid, get recorded, and they're, they're off. It's like, see you next year. But no one's actually giving that yeah. feedback.
0: Well, there's no uh, yeah, key performance indicators, right? Like it's not, yes. you know, did you cover X, Y, Z, like 50, 50, male, female, you know, like one thing I will say to the U S trials is you look at Molly Seidel, Alephine, Tal- Tali, like even Kellen Taylor, who finished, Kellen was sixth or fourth. No, Des was fourth. Like the, the darlings as they were got all the coverage. Nobody talked about Alephine. Nobody talked about Molly. Nobody really talks about, about Kellen, right? It's, It's they talk about the darlings. And I think that's really unfortunate. And also on the men's side. So the Abdi finished third, I think. Like he's not a darling in the US, but that was his fourth. He was third. He was third, right? And that's his fourth Olympic Games that he's made. So I think both of those races were really exciting. Yes, I think the coverage was generally terrible and very like, not terrible, but very like male centric. They didn't talk about Alephine at all, even when she was leading for most of the way, which I thought was disgusting. It was all about Molly, 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 Molly. Molly is a wonderful portion, don't get me wrong, but (laughs) so is Alephine. And Alephine's story, like actually both Alephine and Molly have like fantastic. Mm -hmm. And even Sally Kipiego who finished third, right? Third, yep. The three of them have such wonderful stories that are to me so much more interesting than like. They're different, but they're they're interesting in the fact because they're, they didn't follow that traditional path, right? Like Molly Seidel went to Burke Mountain Academy, which is where Michaela Schifrin went to school, right? That school was entirely about alpine skiing. And she had to like ask for permission to get the school to get her into Foot Locker, which she then won. Like she's a wonderful story, but we don't tell enough of those stories. And those are the stories that like, when you get back to, you know, every everyday runners those are the stories people need to hear not the oh you know Absolutely. Steph Bruce all through high school was a runner Steph Bruce is a wonderful person too like but she's had this mm. linear progression that's like that's great it's not that exciting Kellen Taylor uh, you're a firefighter and you have five children that's an awesome story lots of people have five children they can relate
2: yeah so I think it, it's not the cookie cutter kind of like yeah. you know, storytelling, and I know what you mean. It's almost like it's you could you could write the actual story because it's a script that was already written just based yes. on yep yeah, similar um people like Galen with, Rock,
1: great runner, boring
2: mm-hmm. ah. <laughs> well the whole race
1: <laughs> I, I, and the entire. Trials was basically focused on Garen. Did he go out too fast? When's right. it gonna fade? He's gonna. Oh my god! Oh my. God. And then he wins, and then it's like, all right, let's focus on the women now, right? So oh, Harper, you know, come on. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. he's agreeing. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, oh. he's like, he's like, yeah. Interesting. Okay, Um, <laughs> so 2003, Harper, right? Um, <laughs> 2013, Half Marathon, uh, Games. First was that your first win?
0: Uh I all I can tell you it was hot. It was just very hot there.
2: <laughs> very, very hot. Yeah. That Who is races in yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nine PM at night. Hot. Very hot. Oh, at night. Yeah. At
1: night. Hotter than Doha? Uh
0: Doha was the same temperature, but more humid. So, oh. so let me say that Israel was probably 75 or 80% humidity and Doha was between 87 and like 92. So like apples to apples here,
1: but yeah. <laughs> that's gross.
0: I only ended on half the
1: distance. So it was way easier. Oh, it's half. Oh yeah. Just a half. Right. Okay, it's only perfect. half marathon. So, it's fine. <laughs> so was that the first time winning a race? Like your first win? Oh gosh,
0: what uh, No, because I had won duathlon championships that year too. Um, I was oh, okay, bike racing that, that year as well, so I finished third in the first ever bike race I did. Hitting, Hearing Carbon Fiber hit the deck in the first bike race I ever did, I was like, this is not for me. I got to go to work on Monday. No, thank you. Now, also, don't break my bike. Who's going to buy the next one? Um my, my bike racing career was short-lived. Uh, I did well at Paris to Ancaster that year, so... Um, Paris to Ancaster is this like really cool point to point bike race that's modeled after Perry Roubaix. And there's like these mud shoots and all these other fun things. And I think I finished in like the top 15 or something, which was like starting at the back. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I was having, I was starting to have some success for sure. And definitely in the mindset of putting myself out there. Um, duathlon was where I was really finding success. So, Maccabee that summer wasn't just a half marathon, right? It was the Maccabee Woman Competition. So, you did a bike race, a half marathon, uh, a swim marathon. I didn't drown. I'm still here talking to you. And a triathlon, which was obviously, like, the sum of them together. Um, over the course of nine days, it is, to date, the hardest thing I've ever done. Really? Oh, my gosh. Well, because Israel, hot. Um Yeah. You know, lots of you know physically, lots of physical output. You know, like they're fine. They're shorter races, like it's not Tour de France, but um, the intensity of them is so high, and the heat and humidity, and the toll that that takes on your body, like it was really challenging. I won that. That was actually really, really cool because you have to go. Like Israel obviously wants their people to win, and so they kept trying to disqualify me and not let me win. So lots of tears shed, but I eventually got the really big trophy. So that's all that mattered.
1: But they didn't they know you were in a tribe.
0: Oh, everybody's part of the tribe. Everybody's part of the tribe there, but I'm not super tribe, right? Like if you're, well, I'm not. I'm not Israeli.
1: Yeah, I'm not super. You're not tribe. a card card carrying tribe member. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, no, that's good. <laughs> um, that, <laughs> this is amazing. I love this conversation. Um, and then sporting life was same year, right? It was like right after. Oh yeah
0: that that was before actually. That was pretty funny. So. My boyfriend Was it before? Yeah, because it, it's Mother's Day. So Is Israel was is July. Um oh. Mother's Day sporting life race. My boyfriend Raul, drives up to this bike race where it's basically snowing and he's freezing. Um, I don't bring a phone downtown. Like I basically am like, oh, I'm gonna run this race and then I'm gonna like run home. Like find you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like it'll be a great day. I don't need a phone, I don't need a subway token, like I'm fine. Don't have any extra clothes. So like Start sporting life. Win. They're like, you have to stay for the podium. I was like, I don't have any clothes or a subway token. Like, <laughs> I'm planning to run home.
1: And they're like, Yeah, like I'm done. But the podium. Oh, I'm like, it.
0: But I, but clothes. Anyways.
1: Yeah. No. All right. That's yeah. so It was amazing.
0: So I didn't talk to him for like six hours. He's like, Where have you been? I was like, So turns out I won the race and I had to stay for awards and then I had to get home. And he was like, I froze at my race. I'm like, That's nice. I won sporting life.
2: That's awesome. Like, you never even thought of what you'd do afterwards, if, even if you did win. But like, you won and you're like, okay, I'm stuck out here now. <laughs> you're know, stuck you, and I'm and cold. Th- I know. No, you have to wait till everyone finishes and then, or most people finish and yeah. then when the actual ceremony started. And it, then you're literally like not having someone right there. And you have no phone or nothing. Like, nothing. I had Nothing. If, if, if they ask you for an ID, you wouldn't have no ID. You'd be like, no, oh, it's that's good thing I didn't get doping controlled <laughs> there. How do you prove that you're mute? <laughs> you? I can't. Exactly, like, I have go, nothing. To, get, get my, go to my house and come back. Yeah. That's funny. That's, that's the yeah. story, though. <laughs> um,
1: wow, wow, wow. And then things started taking off for you. So yeah. 2014, 2000, you know, uh, again, uh, back-to-back wins at uh, Sporting Life. Uh, success. Um, you had some success at the Track and Field Championships. Um, so that was another pretty good year. 2015. You had a really solid year at Pan Am, right? Well,
0: 2014 was when I made the decision, and I shouldn't say when I. Uh, 2014, that summer, um, yeah, you know, like yes, so I, well, I ultimately made the decision to stop working at that point. So, okay, early in the story, I talk about my mom um, and her influence on me. So, my mom is the hardest working person that I know. So, my mom still has two jobs. She's the vice dean of the medical school, and she is a anesthesiologist at St. Mike. So. And we were never allowed to quit a job without having a job. And again, like high expectations, right? So I go over to Europe and I race. And this is before like Rogers Rome, like home. where like, if you call home, it's like $8 a minute. And so my mom was like, you need to call me. And I was like, no, uh, it's $8 a minute. I love you, but not that much. She's like, you need to call me. I'm like, mm. okay, then <laughs> like true to form, you can pay my fo- my phone bill, mom. And she's like, fine. And she's like, you have to quit your job. And I was like, with whom am I speaking to? I'm like, what do you mean quit my job? She's like, you have to quit your job and just run. I was like, absolutely not, mom. Like, no chance. I have this awesome engineering job. I love who I work with. Like, no way. And I was like, but let me get on a plane and I'll think about it, which I did not do. Because the only thing I do on airplanes is watch children's movies. So after 10 hours of children's movies on the way home from Europe, I hadn't thought about it at all. Um, but my boss walked into my office and was like, you have two options. You can quit or I'm firing you. And I was like, what? He's like, he's like, you have to go run. Like I will pay your benefits and I will give you part-time work, but you can't stay. And I was like, you need to get out of my office because I am going to start crying. And I basically worked for the the cast of prison break. Like they're all six foot four, six foot five, like big football guys. So like, you can imagine like little me being like, you need to leave. I'm going to cry. And he was like, Well, you can't cry on me. Of course I'm leaving. So like amicably, I left that job to pursue a full-time running career at the time. And then got bored. So I started my PhD, which actually was what led into the Pan Am game. So I, same coach as high school that I went to U of T for is still at U of T. This is who I want to train with. So I need something to do with my spare time. So I'm like, I'm going to do a PhD so that I can run for the track and field team. Because that's what normal people do, right? So I enroll in my engineering education PhD starting January 2015. Because I knew it would open the doors to competing in the CIS indoor track and field season, which I wanted to use as a springboard to the outdoor track and field season. And Got like, it. everybody knows that that's, you know, my the first success that I had, but you know, I really credit it to that CIS indoor season. You know, like I went to the CIS championships. Carl Jorgeski, head coach, sits me down before him and was like, "We need to win this overall banner." I was like, "Great." Just tell me what I need to do. And he was like, "Well, do you think you could run all of the middle distance events?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not? Like, I'll just try and score as many points as I can." And in that, you know, three, two and a half, three day meet, whatever you want to call it, right? Like, including the four by eight, I medaled in five events, and.
2: Yes. Yeah, huge.
0: <laughs> it was, and it, it was a, it's a huge sense of personal accomplishment, and not yeah. just because we got all those points um, for the team, but only men had really attempted to do that before, right? There had been no women who stepped up and said, "I'm going to run the six hundred, the thousand, the fifteen hundred, and the three thousand, and the four by eight, and I will be the alternate for the four by four if you need me. My speed's not great, but should you need me, I'll be there." And it was, you know, competing with my teammates there and watching all of us rise together. You know, EQUA won a medal in the weight throw, which, you know, she's not doing so much now with her full runs. She's become a distance runner. I like to tease her all the time. Uh-huh. But, you know, that, that moment to me, like, that's one of those ones I will for sure carry forward. And not the standing on the podiums, but the standing with the team holding the banner. And that sense of accomplishment of all of us coming together and rising up to, to be the very best that we could be in those moments. Mm-hmm. And they all went to party. And Mia's old lady legs was like, I'm going to go have a piece of chocolate cake and a glass of red wine and go to
1: bed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's amazing. <laughs> and then a result of that, 2015 CIS Female Athlete of the Year yeah. track events. Yeah. So that was decision to quit your job to um, pursue the running yeah good decision
0: great decision I mean had the
1: time of my life
0: like forget the races like the training and the process and the friends that I made that year like those are some of my best friends in life now
1: that's amazing so yeah, no, that's, that's, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and then 2000, what else was there? Um, oh, and then 2015 uh, top eight academical uh, Canadians, you were named by, uh, by CIS. Is that the same thing that we just mentioned? No. So I was it's dis- a totally different thing.
0: Yeah. So the top eight is one male and one female from each of the, the competing jurisdictions. I can't remember what they're called. So like um, mm-hmm. OUA, the West one, the East one, uh, and Quebec. So they pick one male and one female across all sport, um, to, to get this academic athlete award. So it's, it's the student that performs the best both academically and athletically. So I just want you to picture that Beth Ali calls me and is like, you've won this. And I was like, you've made a mistake, right? Like I, it's funny. I'm not your academic. She's like, I'm not kidding. And I was like, what are you talking? Like I'm whatever. So then, I this email goes out to to me, um, and they're like, and I sent it to my parents. So I was like, "Look, we don't have to go to this. Like, it's a long drive to Ottawa. I know you guys have really busy schedules." My mom was like, "Of course, we're going to meet the Governor General. Like, what? Uh, what are you thinking?" And I was like, "I don't know. Is this this a big deal?" And my mom was like, "Yes, Sasha. This is in fact a big deal." So we, it was really cool to go up with my whole family. Um, to meet the governor general and accept this award with these seven other incredible individuals.
1: My goodness. Yeah. That is a big deal, Sasha. I love so when know. they put
2: it together. She's just like, Hey, where's my phone? Can I go home now? <laughs> <laughs> that is
1: hysterical. Oh, yeah. Um, we're, we're just rolling through it. Cause the hits just keep, keep on coming <laughs> people. 2016, Sasha conquers the United States goes to Indianapolis oh yeah wins the monumental half marathon setting a course record 11107 stop record seriously Sasha you just you weren't done conquering Canada you're like I'm going to the states and I'm going to take over their courses as well yeah and amazing
0: left my laptop in security <laughs> what? and started started my PhD comprehensive exams that Monday without my laptop. Oh yeah. Epic. Yeah. So this super is what high. About you, Sasha. Super low. Yeah. But the best part was I actually didn't realize until like late Sunday night. I was like, "Okay, I got to get my screens ready for tomorrow. I've got a 5-day take-home exam. It's been a very exciting weekend, but back to reality." And I was like, "Oh my god, where's my laptop?" And I was like, "Not it's not what? here." It came home. We're recording on it now. Life is good. I passed my comprehensives, like barely, but I passed my comprehensives.
1: Mm-hmm. Mazel tov! Amazing! Wow. Okay. I, you know, I feel like if we go through everything here, it's going to be a two and a half hour podcast. Yeah, we don't need Sasha. to do that. Like, my, like Like oh my god! I want to let's fast forward because you are an incredible athlete. Okay, we 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 get the picture. Okay, <laughs> what I do, what I what I do want to know, Sasha is. You you've dabbled in, in long distance. You've you've dabbled in um it's funny because I'm I'm looking up, I'm like, tell me about hey Siri, tell me about <laughs> Sasha's like marathon times. She's like, Terrible. Oh, it's gonna take a it's gonna take a moment. So so you're you're it's so it's such a an interesting interesting thing because my goodness are you an accomplished, you know, short mid distance uh runner. And then you're only Recorded kind of marathon time was during a training run, it seems.
0: No, no, I've got um, the one from Houston. I finished Houston. Houston. Sorry, yes. That's okay, oh I goodness. did actually finally cross a finish line.
1: Come on. Thank God, Sasha. Right? Oh, this would have been a totally different podcast. Okay, <laughs> so when was Houston? Houston was January 2019. Right. Okay, thank you so much. Now we're back on track.
0: I mean, you're not wrong that I'm terrible at it like
1: you aren't well wrong. i didn't want to say that i did want to say that you have a different experience running long distances than then because i mean of course it was doha There was berlin that was just hot um, that was not bro- my yeah, fault no, no. that was just too hot I, I know, I know. I, the, yeah, uh, but and then Berlin was an, a different thing. I didn't understand the Berlin thing. I was trying to read up on what happened to Berlin, but th- I didn't really understand. There's a car horn involved and Listen, something, at the something. end of the
0: day, no one's going to understand. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Like, I don't really know what happened. It, it didn't, let's just say it didn't go to plan. Like most people, you know, like I had some form of an explosion and my legs didn't want to go any further. And lots of people can relate to that. Like, there's Mm. no, I'm not making any excuses for it. I'm just saying like, you know, like many other people, like, oh, I hit my limit that day and I really fell down.
1: And this is what I really love about talking to you about this stuff is like, you know, you don't, you don't, this is what it is. This is what happened. It's going to happen to you. It probably already did, you know, you roll with it and then you pick yourself up and then you run Houston and then you have a different experience. Yeah. You know that's what that's really what you know. It's a metaphor for life, right? So it's really what it's all about. So I I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Listen,
0: I'm not done with the marathon, but I am taking a break from it. Like, I need to like not put it away, but just. So, COVID, right? Like things you miss. Mm. I miss the track so much it hurts. So I didn't get a 2019 track season because I broke my foot. Um, warming up for the, the Canadian 10k championships last year in Ottawa, like pick oh, the farthest man. point on the course that you could warming up. That's where I broke my foot. It's a lovely walk home. Um, so I missed track season last year too. So it was just, and then this happens like, I like, and it was a good reminder of like chase the things that you love in life. And if that's what you love, like go play.
1: Yeah. Love it. Um, you did take a little bit of a break. Oh, yeah. Um, Wiped out huge. Whew. You needed to find your mojo, as you said in your blog yeah. post, right? Yep. Yeah. And then so, you go to... Go ahead. Please. No. I don't mean to jump well, out. Go ahead. What I
0: was going to say is, so I went through like massive mental burnout then. So um, I took one day off after my PhD and then went immediately back to work. And, wow. you know, I work at U of T and there's a lot of pressure to perform there and to... In a sense, pretend that you're okay. And a PhD is a big body of work. And I remember being like, I defended on a Thursday. I came, or maybe I defended on a Wednesday. We had a really nice celebration in my parents' backyard. Came back up to the cottage. I read, actually, I saved David Epstein's book Range for the end of like as like post PhD reading. Was so excited to read it. Read it in a day, and Rawls. Looked at me. I'm like lying outside on the couch reading. And he's like, You look worse than you did after your marathon. And I was like, No. And he's like, Yeah. And I just kind of pushed through this like awful mental fatigue that I had. And it totally caught up with me in December. And then like, didn't want to listen and was running to get a coffee and tripped on my own shoelace and these Solomon shoes because didn't understand the garage, tuck your shoelace in and there's a loop. Anyways, I smashed my hip off the ground so hard. And like, I couldn't, like, I forget running. I could barely walk. I'm like trying to get off the airplane because I did it in Vancouver. And the flight attendant was like, would you like a wheelchair? And I was like, no, I'm fine. She's like, you're not fine. And actually this woman had seen me on the flight out and I should have known that like, I was mentally drained. So I get on this plane and I'm sitting in the middle seat with like, Two families on either side of me, and the Lion King credits like the new Lion King's on. And I'm like, oh kids' movie, can't wait. And like the song pops up with the sun, and I immediately start bawling, like just crying, mm. like just tears streaming down my face. And the flight attendant is like, Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. She's like, Can't, can't tell. Like, and then I watched The Art of Racing in the Rain, and I'd read the book, and it's a very tragic. Oh, no. Right. And so, like, start crying again. So I'm just, she's like, I think you're lying to me. Like, What's wrong? And I was like, honest to goodness, I don't, nothing's wrong. She's like, you've cried for four and a half hours. Like, would you like a tea? I was like, I would love a tea. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm not going to stop crying. But I was just completely mentally burnt out. Like, I was working as a sessional instructor in like two really demanding courses, and I was training full time. And, you know, like, my partner has, like, I've got three stepkids at home. Like, it's busy, and I didn't take care of myself and it just caught up with me. And I didn't want to listen. So my Solomon running shoes were like, "You don't want to listen? Running gods are telling you to listen. I'm going to make you kiss that pavement." Still ran to get my coffee. Yeah, coffee's delicious.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. And, uh, it's like the the moral of the story is about the coffee, but, um, right? but what I I, I took from that entire day and the donut. I was always for donuts. Um the more what I took from the entirety there is you you obviously all that piled up and you were getting it done, but because it's so incremental, you're in it and not even sure how and what was going on. But the fact that even all the signs and everything that, that popped up that, um you know, wanted to tell you, hey, just like dial it back kind of stuff. No, you're yeah, like, I'm at the top of my game. I'm still going. So I think ultimately, it's like um this, as you said, the, the trip um let you realize when that, that burnout hit. But do you have any advice on you know where even where earlier in that that you've noticed something that wasn't right maybe you haven't noticed and you were just working through it you know um, kind of scenario for someone else that could recognize a sign before even you have the trip sure it's you know wait which trip do you mean the trip like
1: that she took uh, on a plane m- or that she I mean, fell That's but she they're, fell they're both the yeah. same
0: right I'm on a trip where mm-hmm. I trip like yeah. Yeah. it's metaphorical yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a
1: pun sorry, sorry, sorry. it's good <laughs> I don't
0: know. so Um, I've studied a lot of Brené Brown's work and I actually posted this as a tweet as the other day. And it's, I think at the time I was trying to wear busyness as a badge of honor and you Mm. right wearing busyness as a badge of honor really is a sign that you're on your way to burnout because you're, you're trying almost to do the same amount, but it's taking longer and longer and longer. And you instead, you know, you say your, your plate is full you in a way, when people ask how you are, they say, you say, you know, like, Oh, I'm great but, and the, but is I've got all of this going on. And I think those are the warning signs. If you can say like, you know, Dre, I don't know if you were listening in, but you know, Jonathan asked me like, how am I doing? And, you know, I said, I feel guilty saying this, but I'm great. Period. There's no, but, you know, and you know, understand, I like just take that. Right. And it's a little bit like running, right? Like you have to hit the wall and have your legs not go any further You have to hit burnout to know where it is to say, to have the ability to say no. And, you know, as I put in my tweet, no is a perfectly acceptable answer to a question. And it's, you don't even have to justify it to somebody, but you can all, but you can politely say, you know, like, I'm sorry, I can't commit to this, but I can't give Mm -hmm. you what you need for this right now. Or if I give you what you need for this, I'm going to sacrifice this. And Mm. Or you're going to try and do it all. And you're just so overwhelmed that you you do get to this point of burnout. And I think unhappiness is the trigger. Is you're doing things mm-hmm. that you find that in your life should bring you joy. But you kind of have this like low level creep of unhappiness. And it, it eventually catches up with you.
2: So that would have been the, the, the marker there. It's almost as if, oh, you know, I... Uh just take it away from running for a bit. It's um yeah, I enjoy art. And every time you're doing it, it's like I enjoy it. And the time you're doing it when you're like, it's not happening, it's not happening. Yeah. That's a sign of like burnout and okay, gotcha. I, I just need to, to know some type of telltale telltale signs of this because you know, obviously when you're in it, it's like, you know, you kinda like get into it, oh yeah, I'm just busy and I'm so busy doing a whole lot of nothing, but really it needed time to step back. Yeah.
1: But is that business
0: Yeah. A film? yeah. Mm. and boredom mm. is such a privilege right to sit in oh, stillness and not to be bored like in a way to be bored but not to be bored to go you know it's a it's a chance to be self-reflective upon what you're doing like you know am I giving enough to my kids right now like are they getting what they need for me um you know especially if you look at these challenging times like you if you are at home with little kids like You are my hero right now. Like trying to explain to them what's going on, having them to have a put on a mask, having their teachers wear a mask where they your teacher in a sense doesn't have a face. Like, I I can't imagine how challenging that is. But recognizing that's really challenging and giving yourself the mental space to say, I need some, you know, time away from this and I'm not gonna take on anything extra right now because I need to be there for my kids. And that's more than okay,
2: because you would have probably, you know, maybe back then, um, uh, taken a different approach as like, hey, I need to win five more races. <laughs> yeah, or, you know,
0: and put the brave face on. To, like,
2: focus on. Yeah, mm-hmm. put the brave mm-hmm. face.
0: It's all you know. We were talking about this in our we were, we had a meeting today about like what would you do as an icebreaker, and you know, I think with the the students that I have this year, my icebreaker is going to be you know like I'm afraid too. I don't know what's coming. I'm worried about all the screen time, but I'm in this with you. You know, and Brené Brown's got that beautiful quote that she takes from Theodore Roosevelt, which is about the man in the arena. And I always want those students to know that I'm in the arena with them and I'm fighting with them. I'm not fighting against them. I'm not standing in the stands or sitting in the stands, looking down at them or poking fun or anything. I am in that arena fighting with them every day.
3: Wow. All right.
2: and, I, and I think um all right, so we'll we'll switch it up a little bit because um obviously we've been talking about um running your accomplishments um and then just getting through a few ruts by uh, taking some time off uh there is a little bit of trail running um involved was that um it was in uh a uh, 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 uh the mesquite. That was called Mesquite Canyon,
1: Canyon in uh, Arizona. Yeah, we're not going to try and pronounce any other word, but it's I know, uh, right? the 30K trail race. Yeah. Um, that was on your blog post. That was pretty awesome because I actually was reading through it and like your experience and stuff like that and My you know, car the travel and then the, the budget rental car and all that stuff. And, uh, and then the next day, just nonchalantly. Win. And hang out, okay, Sasha? Okay, humble brag, but you didn't just win. You won first overall, didn't you?
2: Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was very cool. And is that, and that's after the, the, you know, after stepping away kind of thing? Because yeah, I wanted so, to kind of see if, if it was like meditative or it's just like, I just need to do something, but not the exact thing I used to do.
0: So yes and no. So um, my partner, so Rawl, my boyfriend, and his stepson were going to Sedona. One of my best friends lives in Arizona. My one of my other very good friends owns this trail series and she's always wanted me to do one. And I was like, well, this is a good excuse to go to Arizona. And so I emailed Haley, like of Era Vapor Running. And I was like, can I run this? And she's like, Yeah. She's like, Are you entering the trail world? I was like, I don't know, but this just looks like a great time. I get to see you. I get to see Lindsay. I'm gonna go to Sedona. Mm-hmm. Like, this is awesome. Ironically enough, it was the last race before the whole world really shut down didn't plan that at all but through like when I say I stopped okay so this is actually frames who I am very well so my very good friend Jonas lives in Vancouver and so Rawl flies out to meet me and I'm like I can't race cross-country championships like I am a mental disaster my legs are good to go brain is not I'm not doing this like I will get to the start line and just cry so I text Jonas with Rawl, like on the group chat and I was like hey Going through a really tough time with burnout. Wondering if you want to go hit the grouse grind with us tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. You in? So <laughs> I just didn't stop. Be- I wasn't active. I wasn't doing anything with structure or competitively. But, like, I was still going to be active. So, yeah, we went and hit the grouse grind. It was awesome. And then I. <laughs> Sounds awesome. I <laughs> it was a great hike. If you haven't been to Vancouver to yeah. do the grouse grind in the I summer, I highly recommend. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. Right, like no, that, so I
1: didn't do the oh, no, no, I didn't do the. Sorry, I just want to correct myself. So I was actually in Vancouver for the half last year, and yeah. uh, I didn't have enough time. But someone's like, the next time you're out there, you have to do it. And they yeah. were going on and on and on about people like race up and like it's it's mental, but it's apparently amazing. Oh, it's it's so
0: it's magical in there. Like there's magic in those oh. woods. I think that's what my Instagram post was like. I posted mm. Jonas and Rawl and these rocks and trees and moss and. All this different nature. I was like, this is magic. Whatever is in here is actual magic.
2: That's a suck. And that's that's a good way to repair because you were doing something you enjoy, but here's one that all you had to do was finish. That's the beauty about uh, trail racing. That's my jam. It it becomes where you're, it's like an an adventure. And I'm sure you didn't feel pressured uh, doing it. You were just uh, obviously coming off, just being athletic in general. Where, you know, sometimes we trail run in and we're just stopping to eat. <laughs> You're like, why are these people yeah. eating? I'm sure. <laughs> like, why are we just hanging out? But it is okay. a different experience. Mm-hmm.
0: I needed to call you before, Trey. So out there on this trail, race, <laughs> I ask nobody for advice, right? I'm like, I'm just going to go run a trail mm-hmm. run, right? It's 30K. It's fine.
2: going to tear it up. So
0: I'm like in the climbing section. And I'm like, if like, in marathon running, you stop running. Like, your day is over. So I'm climbing yeah, these gone. rocks. And I'm trying to run and I'm like, I can't stop running. I can't stop running. I can't stop running. Like you can't stop running. And I turn around. I'm like, everybody's walking. Okay. So you walk. Yeah. So you we'll walk you, the hills. Walk. Right. Okay. Thanks. Needed you. <laughs> needed you yep. on March 5th. <laughs> I it. Yeah.
2: Yep. Could have no, used you. You walk the hills. Yeah. You power hike the hills and then you say, save the legs up top. When you're up top, you're coming down. But that's the beauty about it. You have a cutoff time and no matter how you get over that, just take your time and get it through. And um I'm sure obviously applying uh what you've uh built up before all that made you um accomplish it and become, you know, uh became first place in the in overall race. But you did enjoy it. If you're mentioning the scenery, you know, the oh, rocks yeah. or even watching out for roots, it was it was probably like just feel like you're playing.
0: Totally. That's exactly what it, it was it was it was a playground. It was totally a playground. And the way that race worked was the 50 K and 50 mile. Cause I don't think there was a hundred anyways, the races were going mm-hmm. in different directions. So you were, you were passing like people in opposite directions. Crossing, So yeah. And you got like, I cheered so hard for every person I came across and they looked yep. at me like you're here already. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, is this yeah, bad? Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah what? I know,
2: right. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I'm sure you're just running too, not necessarily even looking behind you. are Just like, oh, let me just go. Um, but yeah, yeah it it is such a a magical thing because even they're probably like, what you cheering? Usually cheer on the, the trail, but it's such a, a a thing where it's just you. So I'm sure you're out there, you're like, there's no one around, and you're just going <laughs> right. There's no there's no one on the sidelines. You might find that there's a station, but you know, a lion, Jonathan a has one coming up. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> I know, right? but the views that's, that's why we do it views. oh
1: the views so good Sedona's gorgeous the Red Rock oh my goodness right it's beautiful out there yeah it, that's not yeah. what Does a trail go through there or no
0: the race didn't go through there the race was um White Got Tusk you. Mountain like just outside of Phoenix and then I drove up to Sedona after and actually um I, I also always get my hair cut in Phoenix because my favorite hairdresser lives there so I got my hair cut just before COVID happened. It was the greatest thing. So shallow and so true.
1: Hold on. Yeah. No, okay. Right? Let's. Okay. We're tapping into another side of your character here. Do you? Don't. Do you fly? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. People, pause. Do you fly to Arizona to get your hair cut? No, like
0: I fly to Arizona no. to see
1: <laughs> to see Lindsay. And then you haircut. happen to be there and oh, you yeah. get your haircut. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Oh my God, Sasha. Okay, so why don't we? We're gonna switch gears a little bit. I think anyone that's been listening to the podcast, even up to this point, has uh, sensed the theme, and and I think for us, that theme is Sasha's. Um, you know, yes, you're an incredible athlete, but what you're doing for women in sport is is I think sometimes above and beyond kind of, you know, where you are as an athlete, you know, uplifting women and coaching and training and teaching and, 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 and and, and like your affiliation Wazelle is, is, is documented. Um, And uh, the stuff that you're doing in community with fast and female, it's absolutely incredibly inspiring. And it, and I think that we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about kind of you know your passion for—we know you have a passion for running, um, but your passion for 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 helping women—and we've talked about it throughout this podcast—but I think it'd be really, really important to touch on this because it's a wonderful thing that that we're watching you do in the running community, especially for women.
0: Yeah. So I actually got involved with Fast and Female through alpine skiing. So they early days—I um, think back in two thousand seven. I was invited to be a fast and female ambassador as part of an Alpine ski event when I was a coach up in Collingwood. And I just instantly had this relationship with Chandra, who is the co-founder along with Keegan Randall. And, you know, I stayed involved with the organization throughout, like throughout, you know, it's, it's growth. And, you know, they, you know, they're, they just want to get more girls in sport. Right. And, um, You know, they recognize how challenging it can be, you know, socioeconomically, culturally, um, peer fresher, and just trying to overcome those things. And I think, you know, they're they're making some incredible headway and it's been really amazing to be, you know, I'm such a small part of that organization and, you know, I absolutely celebrate the women who sit at the helm and, and really make the big magic happen, but it is this collection of athletes that inspire and now it's actually they're you know they're getting like they're taking the elite athlete but I really push for them to be like please pretty please bring in the athlete that is like almost the elite like it's basically the sub elite but they're doing something else in the way that you know they can see that they can have it all and so even if they go and pursue whatever academic or professional career like maybe that's also the athlete that like that person that ends up as the elite athlete. And we've had more of those people come in, which has been so wonderful. And, you know, I, I just think anyone can come from anywhere and opening all of those doors to people and showing them all of the various options is only going to make, you know, our country have better athletes, but also just better people. So it's been so much fun to stay a part of that.
2: Yeah. And, and, yeah uh, from even just uh, continuing what you're saying there, do you think brands even support uh, or even they're moving the needle when it comes to um, you know uh, celebrating female athletes?
0: Yeah, and you know it's been really great to be part of the Wazel family and community and and see what they're doing in sport. And I see a lot of parallels between Wazel and Fast and female. But you know, there's a lot of criticism out there for Nike, and, you know, we all, We all make mistakes and, and that's okay. But you know, the, the big brands too, are doing some really wonderful things for women in sport. Like the Serena Williams story in tennis is, is quite a powerful one. Naomi Osaka in tennis. That is absolutely powerful, outstanding, wonderful story. Um, and I think all of the brands are, are trying to figure out how to be better and how to do better for women's sport. We have a lot of hurdles to overcome. Things aren't going to change overnight. Um, People are going to continue to make mistakes. People are going to continue to say the wrong thing. I think if we can come at it with a lens of kindness and say, you know, politely say to them, you know, calling someone up as opposed to calling someone out, like, I think this was your intention. Unfortunately, it's been viewed this way instead. Can we have a conversation about it as opposed to just pointing the finger? Because when we point the finger, the conversation's over and everybody loses. But if we can have this really important call-up conversation where we say, maybe this didn't really get viewed the way you want it to be. And you know maybe you made a mistake here. And maybe we made a mistake in how we interpreted it. But don't we all just want it to be better? And they do, too, want it to be better. So I think there's a huge movement to have more professional women, women's sport, like, we're actually quite fortunate in the running community. Like women have been paid the same amount of men for a really long time. Like, you know, like New York road runners were probably at the helm of that, but like, the world majors were for sure at the helm of that world majors won't let dopers yeah. in. Like they are at the center of making sport like within their little sphere better that everybody can learn from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then you look at the work that like Megan Rapone is doing, right? um yeah um rapino sorry like like it's it and it seems like in certain sports it's this you you have to battle they're like fighting yeah. tooth and nail just to get the attention that you know they rightfully deserve and um it's we i think you're right i think in running we are fortunate um, other sports, I think they're, they're struggling a little bit and, um, and, and, you know, it's, and I've seen so many different angles on this and, you know, someone made a comment, well, you don't pull in the money that, you know, like in a WNBA that NBA does. And it's like, should that even matter?
3: Like, <laughs> should no. that
1: matter at all? Like, should it matter? So I don't know. It's a very, it's a very interesting conversation that I, I don't know. I I think
2: how hard would it be <laughs> to fix? But I don't oh, know. My gosh. Maybe,
1: you know, I don't know.
2: Yeah, at the end of it all, you could imagine some of the owners, you know, back then, I've seen a 30-30 uh, documentary on uh, something similar where the women's soccer uh, didn't exist in the US and it was because no one was watching it. So the owners right. that owned the organizations and the team, then um, that still lingers, even if they don't, on the team now it's like how much uh, viewership and coverage can um you know this or our gap does it fill so you know at the end of it uh, money money talks but uh, yeah for them unfortunately if um they realize like okay well here's another um group of individuals that could benefit um both ways uh being able to be part of the sports you know from the sizing of clothing yeah. to you know what's being seen in the media but i yeah so it's a old people that are are are, were gatekeepers um started this influence or you know lack of influence then it actually is petered down now to um even 2020 so we we, you know we're still having this conversation right now right um but yeah they're they're not going to gain from it they haven't set up a structure in order to to support this um and then this is why what you're doing um sasha is important because uh we could just brush over it you know as as a male we might not just see that just because you know uh no reason we 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 never no one told us no one mentioned it no one brought it up
1: yeah i feel like yeah we're just at the tip of the iceberg with these you know kind of discussions and i think and what i love about it is that You know, when you look at like Megan and you look at kind of, you know, and I'm just focused on soccer, but like a lot of other sports, you're starting to, I think there's going to be a groundswell. I hope there's a groundswell where a lot more, you know, uh, younger girls are thinking, oh, okay, there's opportunity for me to to, to be on the world stage, right? And the more, maybe, I don't know, because I don't know, but maybe the more that women get into it and you know, maybe that's going to push popularity maybe that'll push people to say, okay, now we're starting to see, you know, more interest in the sport because, you know, they're getting better and more people are doing it and maybe it's, okay, now let's, let's start figuring this out. Right. Um, but I think they need to do something sooner than that um, right, so to, to entice, to entice more people also. Right.
0: So I just took on a job as an assistant profit U of T and I was super, I'm super excited about it. I'm excited for the year. And I, you know, I look at it and I go, you know, there's several faculties at U of T and we could all learn from each other, but it's such a closed door and such a closed silo. And I think the same thing happens in sport. Like if medicine has reached parity, you know, Mm -hmm. not only do other faculties need to learn how to do that, but why aren't sports asking education? Hey, how'd you do this? Like, what'd you do? like, how can we learn from you? And as opposed to thinking that, that everything happens in silos where, you know, I am a runner and I go to running club and what happens at running, like fight, what happens at fight club, what running club stays yeah, at running yeah. club, but it shouldn't be that way. And there's lessons, you know, you know, as and as a coach and, a, and an educator, I go, okay, coaching really at one point stepped back and looked at education and said, okay, We have a lot of similarities. We're trying to, we're each trying to teach a skill. You're trying to teach math, reading, comprehension, spelling, et cetera. We're trying to teach the fundamental, you know, skills of like run, jump, throw, right? Like start there, go super fundamental. How you get there is a very similar path. I think education is missing the piece of what we do on coaching to make people really good is figure out how to motivate them, how to empower them, and how to give them the tools to be great. Education hasn't done that yet, where everybody is treated the same. And everybody's supposed to go through the same education system. And so now if you then sort of like go up even further to what, you know, Dre was saying about sport, why aren't we learning from these different facets to say, okay, this person's already done that, that failed. Let's not do that again. Right. Where are the strengths that we can pull from here so that we can get more women running, that we can get more women playing soccer, that we can get more eyeballs watching women's soccer players, like more, more people watching cycling. Like, in cycling, if you look at cycle cross and mountain biking, women's is way more exciting, way more eyeballs, like way more probably way more money. Men and women are still pay- paid the same, which is fine. Arguably, should you be paying the women more? Probably not, but whatever. But they obviously learned something somewhere, and they've made that mm. exciting. Bring that now to road cycling. From road cycling, bring that to Nordic skiing. From Nordic skiing, right. Or from tennis, bring whatever they've learned in tennis, bring that to the other sports, bring that to the WNBA. Like, make it, like, learn from other people as opposed to treating us all like silos. Mm
1: -hmm. Excuse my rant, and then stop. No, 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 no. Perfect. And then don't and and don't and and don't wait for the fans and the viewers. Put Mm -hmm. it out there first, yes. Then and then you get the fans and viewers. Yes, feel the dreams. If we build it, feel the dreams.
2: They'll come. That's absolutely exactly right. because okay. to me, it's actually um, it's more entertaining because uh, these individuals should be an, at a, a disadvantage. So when they do it, it that should be more exciting. You know, we've seen, you know, the guys you know play the basketball. We've seen all the things that are typical and uh, no one wants to own that to say, hey, here's something. And, and all of these were not popular or they weren't something before. Uh, it took, uh, you know, uh, uh, someone that's dedicated to want to keep pushing that out there. Basketball wasn't even a thing. <laughs> it was invented. So the idea that they kept putting it out there, you know, Dunkin' wasn't a thing because that they took that out of the game and now it's like part of the entertainment piece. But essentially what I'm saying is that no one person wanted to own that. Even right now, as you mentioned, the faculty, not, um, you know, adhering, they're just like, yeah, I'm just here nine to five. I'm just trying to get this done because, you know, if I try to go against the grain, I might be penalized for it or I won't get through the day. Um, but yeah, I, I think ultimately everyone has a different outcome on what they want to see as a result. But you speaking up would, um, you know, shine some light on that space.
0: Maybe or get me into a lot of trouble. One of the two, One of the two,
2: it's fine. They don't listen to this podcast. They don't, they have no idea. (laughs) The squeaky wheel,
1: Sasha, the squeaky wheel. (laughs) Like, You know what? There is no trouble. Like make all the noise. And then that's how you get attention. Right. People like, okay, we hear you.
2: Let's talk about Um, the forbidden thing.
1: Okay. So let's, let's, okay. So we know about your, the community stuff. When this came up. Okay. Thank you, Dre for segwaying. When this came up, um, and and Sasha, don't worry. We're gonna have you back at some point to find out did we do enough in in sport. But let's go back to Forbidden Five. When this came when this came up in our conversation with Forbidden One and Forbidden Two, Dre and I uh, we we record in different spaces. But if Dre and I were in the same room, both of our jaws would have been like on the table <laughs> because we'd been like Sasha Galish did what yeah,
3: this no.
1: this was so. Cool to hear that mm-hmm. you reached out to this these two people and one uh, and two and got and got one and two one yep. and two one and two. and two and got involved. Yeah. It yeah. really again it speaks to character and just wanting to help love and it. and stuff like I that. Love so Absolutely much. love it, love it, love it. So, like, how's it going? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's hilarious. Like. I love (laughs) Forbidden. Yeah, this hilarious. Yeah, Yeah. like there's definitely like a sense of like giggling with them. But you know, there's a lot of like training plans out there that require people to dedicate a lot of time to them. And yes, at the sacrifice of what? So this summer I started a track club up here for the kids in the community. So I'm oh my goodness, technically not in Toronto right now, but we can pretend i am
1: so we're gonna have to start over we have to do right only to outside of gta yeah no it's all good my permanent
0: address is still an is still an m postal code so i'm still technically gta um thank god
3: thank god
0: you know as i was sort of like not really developing training like we just developed fun for these kids in the community to be active together and we did have a fun run you know i thought well if i can do this for them like putting together a training plan for them to post that people can do on limited time, but gets them out there all the time. Yeah. I want to do that. Like, and I really so, yeah. had, well, and I really had actually thought that I'd initially like drive back and forth for the races, which just didn't, there was just, you know, anyways, I basically did my own forbidden fives up at the cottage by myself. It was lovely. Um, oh,
2: that's the beauty about it though.
0: <laughs> but, I, but it. but it, it gave me a sense of being part of that community so you know like maybe selfishly i did it to feel like i belonged there um but there's so many i look at all of the a lot of the training on there and like speed work is like running at your half marathon and marathon pace like that is boring like no wonder people stop running like that is boring like go <laughs> smash 10 hills like go do like some hill sprints like fine you're going to have to run your pace at some point but you don't have to do it every workout like every time like boring go do some stairs like so yeah it was fun to put together a very different training plan and to be part of you know forbidden one and forbidden two's community thou who shall not be named they're like voldemort
3: i
1: know know, (laughs) right voldemort one and voldemort two it was amazing wow but but yeah that's awesome
0: so yeah no it's been fun and i listened to your podcast um, when did I do that workout? Saturday, and I reached out to them Show immediately notes. after. And I was like, "Oh, you have race four and five coming. Like, let me know how I can be involved. Can't wait." <laughs> um, I that's, but that's awesome. I may have missed race one and two. But I I will be in the GTA for the that time for race three. So my plan oh, is yeah. to uh like run the Get it done. Well, will do the course on Saturday as a workout and then, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know how you guys feel about getting together, but like, do you want a Sunday long run together
2: and on the course? I'm game.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah I could do that. I, 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 I'll, um, I'll be out of town, but I'll be coming in Sunday, but we'll, we'll see. We'll kind of make it work. But I, I'm not talking about fast, you know, because Jonathan's speed is different from mine. He's faster than me. Lies. But um, yeah, I'm 100% game. <laughs> I'm
0: like,
1: can we can we have a, no, no, we have a meet? No, no, we're
2: we'll get together no matter what. Yeah, yeah we <sighs> no, no, hundred
1: percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
2: and then we'll Please. stride, <laughs> we'll stride it out.
0: <laughs> your stride will be longer than my stride because my yeah. legs are probably oh, yeah. shorter than your legs.
2: Oh, you have you have no idea. Like, I'm five eleven online, but in real life, I'm 5'5, So. That's where it ends. I'm 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 very sure it do so.
1: (laughs) Well, now that (laughs) I got bumped out as for now that I'm getting bumped out as forbidden three, I think it's, it's, I just love the concept and I love that, yep. uh, that you're helping them out and, yep. uh, it's, it's, it's really great. I mean, they get some street cred now because they've got you helping them and it's, it's, it's really good. And, and, you know, uh, I, I hope that some of the runners that are actually doing it real or even following the plans. know. like, I don't know how well I imagine they're documenting or, or at least announcing the fact that, that you're helping them with the plans. I hope they oh, are. Oh, I get tagged on well, people, Instagram. Oh, okay. Perfect. Cool. Cool. Yeah. This, you John- know, I don't take a lot of pride. Like, if I'm following mm-hmm. a plan, and it's like, oh, Sasha Gollish wrote this plan, yeah. and I'm doing this, like, like, there's a, you know, a sense of pride in that.
2: Yeah, jonathan has been screenshot them. <laughs> I've <was> screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, I want to use this. I uh, use that.
0: I can email you this Excel spreadsheet <laughs> if you really want. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: yeah, and then so the we- next day my coach drops me. But no, it's perfect. It's okay. No, I'm kidding. It's all funny games. Um. Wow, we we've been in this. Uh it's Sorry. been an, an amazing conversation. No, it's been absolutely thrilling, Sasha. That's why I, you're on. I promised at one point, so I, I really didn't want to do this, but I'm gonna do it anyway because um, like I don't I I think people need to understand that I have no problem embarrassing myself. So last year, um I was I don't know what the heck I was thinking, but I saw you after I think it was a waterfront ten K. Pretty sure you uh you were you ran the Lululemon Waterfront 10K, right? Last were you year, you were hanging out there. Was it last year, or the year before, or were you just two years out ago? There? Two years ago, I won Was it. it two last years ago? year,
0: last year, I broke my foot.
1: Okay, I'm pretty sure that I saw you. It must have been two years ago. Um, I and you, know, you know, hopefully you don't remember this, but I came up, I walked up. <laughs> you were standing by, like past the finish line. You were hanging out with some people, and I'm like, oh. Dude, you're Sasha I'm like do you still run with like Saucony or something and you're like I ran with a Wazelle and I'm like oh crap and I walked away because I was so embarrassed because I had no clue like obviously I didn't know you well enough but I had no clue who you it's were running star-struck. with I was like oh my god I want to talk to her and then I threw out <laughs> some brand and no idea what I was talking about and you were like okay seriously it was dude? starstruck. that's what it is <laughs> but it was the I'm funniest so weirdest thing i so sorry now, she... for being so rude no no, 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 oh, are you kidding me? So meanwhile, she's probably thinking back, oh, God, that was Jonathan. But anyway, it was really a funny, funny moment for me because I walked away. I'm like, seriously, dude, get your crap together. <laughs> but um, but it was like, yeah, no, like you talk about Starstruck, Trey. I mean, I'll say another thing. I've seen you crank. I've seen you um, at Central Tech sometimes. Okay. Uh, and I've seen you at the, on the MGT. Um, r- running with you usually have like a little pack of uh of runners with you, and it's same thing. Like I said to Lindsay, it's amazing that in the Toronto running community, gt yeah. running community, or wherever you live, it doesn't matter that you can go out for a little trot on the MGT and Sasha Galish or uh, Lindsay Tessier. Someone you know, someone could run by you just nonchalantly going through their paces, and it's like really. Like mm-hmm. it's an unbelievable yep. thing. It's a beautiful yep. thing. And like, we talk about the running community so much because that's why Dre and I wanted to do this is talk to mm-hmm. the running community, but it's really, it's a real treat to be able to see, you know, some of the, the, the athletes like yourself cranking it out and sometimes just a chill, casual, you know, run on, on MGT. It's, it's really fun. It's a real, it's a real treat. And I, 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 I really love it i really appreciate it i hope that other runners feel the same way um when they see that because it's it's really cool
2: Yeah. given access
1: yeah
0: what's well, the one sport where we can all train together right like you're not gonna go down to whatever it's called now the scotia center and like get on the ice with the maple leafs and like go for a skate like not happening right it's it's mm, the one correct
3: never thought like, of it that Lanny- way.
0: Well, Lanny Marchant said this to me once upon a time, and I think she said it in an interview to someone, like, running is the only sport that you can line up on the same line as an Olympian in the same moment. It's the only place. It mm-hmm. is the only place in space that you all get to come together. And I think that's why it makes it such a special community.
1: Yeah. No, it is it is true. You're absolutely right about that.
2: Yeah. I, I never even thought of it that way. You're absolutely right. Because if, if it was cycling, you needed a carbon fiber bike, you know, well, you, you also said, you don't have a tour license, license Dre.
0: Like forget the carbon fiber. <laughs> like I'll, you're not in with I'll, the a, AOS a or whatever. Yeah.
2: Oh like man. You, yeah. That's why we started string track club. You can't even, you know, anyone could just come out for track. Uh, I for love free. string.
0: So, I can't even get, uh, tell you how much I love string. that kid. He's always going to be a kid to me. <laughs> I know he's a young man now. I love him.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, it, I was saying, I'm name dropping and it's like, yeah, I know that person. I know that person. And, I had no idea. It would have been the other way around. Like, we all know off you, but, uh, you know, just just you uh, being you able to. You should
0: have String on the uh, show and relate. ask him some funny Sasha stories. He's for sure got lost.
2: <laughs> we definitely have String on. Uh, was last weekend, Jonathan, you were out there? I think uh, Jonathan and I were out there uh, a week, two week before. before. Yeah. Two weeks ago, yeah. Two weeks yeah. ago. Because um, he has uh, that track club, and uh, I'm so happy. I met him. Um, I never done training with anyone before. And I met him maybe a year ago or something like that Mm -hmm. at a Nike. um, It was was a Nike where they were having a focus group and met him. We're all there talking kind of stuff. Fast forward. He's like, man, you you know, I I could coach you, man. I'm sure you have some stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. And he never even sent me any coaching material. I'm like, yo, we should start a track club and call it string track club. (laughs) And then. We just we just went we just ran with it. It had nothing oh, to do, nothing. I never so even got a awesome. training plan yet. So so that's how string track club came in together. And
1: amazing.
2: and who put us together? Equa. So it's really? like Equa invited us to the yes. That's all this story. Equa invited us to the focus group. And then him and I connected, never met. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll show you a coach. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll bring it to my cruise. And then it just turns out to be like boom, String Track Club. Uh, just because just like you mentioned having a license and trying to get on a track right now we're just like everybody should have access to start doing something like that without getting injured obviously but um wow. yeah it was always I, I was never part of a varsity thing or was able to be able to do any of that so I was like you know what let's do it because um it was a uh, track mafia in London has something like that so I'm like yo let's do that so that's where cool. it all stems from
0: so cool I love this I love this small world
2: very small. Speaking
1: of speaking of small world, uh, this is a question we ask everyone, Sasha. I am so, yep. so curious about your answer. Yeah. Who who should we speak like who would you love to hear from on this podcast?
0: Oh man, so many. Um so I think there's some really cool things happening in Hamilton, which is GTA. Um so oh, Anthony yes, Romano. Okay. Anthony Romano and uh Reed Coolsat have started Bay Shore Track Club, I think it's called. And it's a free drop-in session. Um, for anyone in the Hamilton area to come run the Bayshore loop. Um, I'd love to hear more about uh, the genesis of that string. Obviously want to hear from string. equa yes. in what she's doing. And I know it's not running, but you know, I think the Mandem cycling club, like their growth mm. and what they've done this summer in uniting this city is unbelievable. And I think their story, like, I don't know that, I mean, he's quite famous now, but you know, like if you can tell <laughs> that story on your podcast, like, I, I think there's stuff to be learned from different sports and that they have done such incredible work. So those
3: are my it, it top It is an
2: awesome story.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's he wrote Chris. something. Yeah. Chris wrote something recently about like, about the whole Genesis yeah. and how it started and like how it was like overwhelming at first, yes. right? Like, just yep. like, yeah. Yeah. Must have um, been, but it's an amazing story. I love that. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I'm I'm game for that. If Chris would come on here, I would absolutely love to talk. Okay,
2: get about him on, it. man. I, it's uh, we just yeah. talked about small world, yeah, for sure. I, I his neighbor, his neighbor, which I just know. Oh, you no, told let, me, let, this, let me you step told back.
1: Me this, you told me this.
2: I was just out with his uncle. <laughs> oh my gosh, you so can't, I know, but right? You didn't know,
1: right? You didn't know, like... I didn't
2: know. So, the idea is, that I didn't know, and then, um. It, uh, my neighbor, his uncle, was like, "Hey, you should go ride with Chris." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, he does a man them thing." It's like, "What?" And then oh fast gosh. forward, I told Chris I was losing his mind, but I was literally just with his uncle at Walmart just now, we were getting his phone all sorted out. But yeah, it's it is, it comes back full circle. He has to come on, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, an man.
0: incredible.
2: Yep, and, and again, as
0: yeah, community builder wow.
1: like
2: you, Amazing. people. Yeah, 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 like, <laughs> like you, Sasha, but, like you. But, But that's what it is. It's like um, we talk about the fact that there's a podcast. It's like we knew these things but never really put it together and you never know who knows who. So here's an outlet for us and um, it's for Runners by Runners. Um, And with that being said, this is the Longest Stride podcast.
1: Amazing. Thank you, Sasha, so much for joining us.
0: Thank you.